You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. I believe that the Lord can speak to us through a dream. I believe he can speak to us through a vision. It says so in these scriptures. But I'm very thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, whether he directs me through prophecy, whether he directs me through dreams, visions, arguments, internal feelings, illnesses, or any circumstances he chooses. The fact that he would even care enough for me to direct and guide me makes me stutter in awe. That he would even look at me. Who's man? What is man that you're mindful of him? Why would you even look upon me and find favor in me? Who am I, Lord? Who am I? Have you ever been directed by the Holy Spirit? We know that He can guide us in many ways and how powerful it is to have God Himself working within us. Today, Pastor Dave will continue to unpack the nature of the Holy Spirit. May we be sensitive to His prompting in our life so that we may be obedient to His call. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 16 as he continues his message, The Divine Helper. was at a conference. It was for senior pastors only for Calvary Chapel. 1,500 senior pastors from all over the world were there gathered for a conference. And we were being edified. We were being raised up. We were being taught the Word of God. And as I came out of the conference one day, they had this great big fountain. And I stood there at the fountain, and I was looking around, and I became overwhelmed, and I began to weep. And my knees buckled, and I thought I was going to fall down because I realized God had given me my heart's desire. And it was almost too much for me to stand and bear. God knows the desires of your heart. He knows them. And if you delight in him, the scripture says. See, he always comes first. If you delight in him, scripture says, he will give you the desires of your heart. Now we know the true heart of a Christian, that our desire is what? More of him. But there's a plan that God has for you that we don't know what it is. He might have some of this plan that might be a desire of yours for a long time. You might have a desire for a certain area of the country. You might have a desire for a certain people, a certain group. They may always have been your favorite. You've always liked these people or liked this area. Maybe God's speaking to you through that desire. I don't know. But I do know he gives you the desires of your heart. So he directs us through personal desires. And in chapter 15 and verses 35 through 36, he directed Paul and Barnabas through their inner feelings towards other people. Yes, your inner feelings towards other people. Barnabas and Paul were sitting around and one day they said, you know what? It's been five years since we started those churches over there on our missionary journey. Let's go back and check out those brothers. Let's see how they're doing. I'm worried about them. I'm concerned for them. God used that. God used that to send out Paul on his second missionary journey, that desire inside to help someone out. It was that concern for their brethren that led them, the Spirit, to guide them on their second missionary journey. There is this fantastic story, fantastic story that I want to share with you. Pastor Chuck wrote about this in several books. You might have even heard the story. He had a dear, dear friend who was in the hospital. So Pastor Chuck goes to the hospital to visit this dear friend. 
And he sees this guy and he prays with them because he was concerned about this gentleman, this gentleman's life. He had a life-threatening illness and Chuck went there and prayed with the man. On his way back, he got in the elevator and he hit the wrong button by mistake. Hit the wrong button by mistake. It said bottom. He went all the way down to the bottom, which is where the ER was. He walked out of the ER and there was a lady standing there and went, oh my goodness, Pastor Chuck, how did you know? How did you know my husband had a massive heart attack? He's in the ER right now. Please, please go pray with him. Why was Pastor Chuck there? He had it on his heart to visit his fellow man. He had it on his heart to be something to someone else. His interpersonal feelings was to give this other guy credit. and uh, Not credit, but encourage him and pray with him. But the Spirit used it in that elevator. He didn't hit the wrong button. The Spirit knew exactly where he needed to be. The Spirit sends him to the bottom floor, and this lady from his church is crying out. I didn't know who to call. I didn't know anybody was there. Thank the Lord you're here. Grabs him by the hand, takes him in the room. That's just a coincidence. Spirit knows your inner desires and your concerns for people. Finally, in Acts 15, verses 37 through 39, the Spirit leads and guides through personal difficulty, interpersonal things. And this is the argument that Barnabas and Paul had. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take him with them, the one who departed from them from Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Oh, no. The dream team is broken up. Oh, no, there's a fight. Oh, no, what's the Lord going to do? I think the Lord's not bigger than some argument. What's the Lord's plan? I'm going to send two teams, one that way and one that way. Cover more ground. The gospel message will go out further. Barnabas and Mark had a wonderful ministry. And we're going to read for the rest of the book of Acts about Paul and Silas. We're going to read about their ministry. So from where we've been in just the last three chapters, we see the Holy Spirit moving through personal desire, the Holy Spirit moving through God's word, the Holy Spirit moving through inner feelings towards others, and the Holy Spirit moving through interpersonal difficulties, arguments. Today, I want to look at two methods used by the Holy Spirit to guide even still and govern the moves and directions that, that we often take. As we look at Acts 16, verse 5, it says, Now when they had gone through Persia and to the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And in some translations, it says the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So the new dream team, the new dream team now has three people in it, the Apostle Paul, Silas, and they pick somebody up at Lystra, Timothy, a young recruit. They're now the new dream team, and they're moving in. They're walking through Persia. They're walking through Galatia. But they were forbidden to teach the word in Asia. This is a strange sentence, is it not? When does God ever forbid us to teach the word or preach the word of God? When it's not your time to preach it. When you're not called to do so. We talked about God's time. You know he's never early. You know he's never late. He's always right on time. Spirit wouldn't let him preach the gospel in Asia. But the Lord has a plan and a purpose for everything. And we know his timing is perfect. We also know from Scripture that the Lord wants to work on both ends of things. He wants to prepare both days. Maybe it wasn't preparation there. It wasn't preparation. Why? 
Because we know that Paul eventually went to Galatia. We have the book to the Galatians. We know that he was there. We know that when the time was right, for such a time as this, God sent him into Galatia to establish a church. We know that was God's plans all along. But he told Paul and the gang, no, you're not going there. Paul's a bit stubborn, they say. He didn't take no lightly, so he continued to knock on doors. Well, if I can't go there, I'll go here. He'll open up some door. They traveled to my sea, and they tried to go to Bithynia. And again, the Holy Spirit says, eh, no, you're not going. How did the Holy Spirit prevent Paul and the gang from going to Bithynia? How did he do that? Many people believe that it was through illness. Many people believe that it was through illness. And they kind of use the scriptures in Galatians 4, 13 and 15, when Paul's talking about being sick. We really don't know why. Because the Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know what kept them from being back. There are others who say Paul contracted an illness on his first missionary journey. Some people saying it was depression. Some people said it was epilepsy. Some people were saying that he had an eye problem. And many, many people agree that whatever it was that kept Paul from going there was his thorn in the flesh that he talked about in 2 Corinthians. We don't know because the Bible is silent. And if the Bible's silent, guess what? We need to be too. I can't tell you what happened because I don't know. I'll ask him when we see him. Paul, why did the Spirit not let you go there? What happened? What went on? There's a note that I would like to point out here and in support of some of this theory, okay? There's a note here because remember we want Scripture to interpret Scripture. And there's a note here that I would like to point out. If you look forward to verse 10, look forward to verse 10. There's an interesting thing there. See if you can spot it. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Anybody say anything different there? Yes, it switched tense. The pronouns switched. Up until this point, it was they did this, and they did that, and the church did this, and Paul Barnabas did this. All of a sudden, we get a we. Huh? Who's the writer of this book? Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke. What was Dr. Luke a doctor of? He was a physician. Many people believe that because of Paul's illness, Luke was called to become Paul's personal physician. And so he joins the group here. And so the dream team went from three to four. The dream team now is four strong. And Luke continues with them. And it changes again in chapter 17 when they leave Philippi, making everyone think that Luke then became the shepherd or pastor of Philippi. That's what the scholars believe. Because the pronouns change again. They go back to they. I mean, Luke can only write what he sees in the we, right? In the first person. The big question we have to answer. Can the Lord use illness to direct your steps? Most definitely. Most definitely the Lord can use an illness to direct your steps. He can use an illness to slow you down. He can use an illness to get your attention. Sometimes we might be attempting something that isn't necessarily wrong, so to speak, but it might not be what the Lord wants us to do at that time. But I can tell you one thing that illness will do and one thing that Lord wants you to do, illness will drive you to your knees, which is where the Lord wants you. Illness will drive you to your knees to call out to him, which is a perfect place when you're on your knees before the Lord, then he can surely use you and surely direct you. As we move on, we find that the Lord has other ways through the spirit of directing people. We've studied something like this before. Look at verse 9. 
And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Remember back in Acts 10, we studied the visions of Peter and Cornelius. They both had visions. The Lord was working on both ends. He was calling Peter to go to the Gentiles. He was telling Cornelius that the man would come and send somebody and ask for Peter. Those visions. Joel has this great prophecy. He spoke about the last days and how the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. In Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass after that, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall dream visions. Now, if you look at this in context and you look at it as about what it truly is, the entire book of Joel's prophecy, it's clearly talking about the last days and clearly talking about the great tribulation when the Lord will deal with the nation Israel. It's clearly talking about that. It's directed towards the nation Israel. Why do I mention it? Because on the day of Pentecost, Peter quoted from this scripture. He quoted from this scripture. Now, we have to make sure we don't think that at the Pentecost, this scripture was fulfilled. It was not fulfilled. It's called a partial fulfillment. Did the Holy Spirit fall? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit continually pouring out? Yes. But will the Lord fulfill this scripture at the end times in tribulation with Israel? Yes. Most definitely, yes. So that's why that's appropriate here. That's why it's appropriate here. The Holy Spirit is doing the work here. The Holy Spirit was doing what he was sent to do. We need to be aware of him, and we need to ask his guidance in the midst of everything. The Holy Spirit will stop you from going someplace, and he will allow you to go someplace. Let me tell you another great story. There's a man by the name of Dr. Edwards. He was a bank president in San Jose, and he committed his life to Jesus Christ. He was totally dedicated in his life to Jesus Christ, gave the Lord everything he had. But he felt God calling him into the ministry. He began to study the word of God. He even went to school to prepare for what he thought was his new career. One night, he had a vision. An old gray-haired man using an old-fashioned plow pulled by an ox. The field was only half plowed. And the old man was saying, come to us, help us. Dr. Edwards didn't know the meaning of this scripture. He didn't understand what this scripture was. Pretty soon, God began to place upon his heart a desire to go to Panama and teach God's word, a desire to become a missionary. The president of a bank in Sandy Jose, California, quit his job and became a missionary in Panama. He was successful. He was well-educated. He was doing a wonderful job. One day, he got a call from the hospital. Dr. Edwards, we have an old man here who's dying. Nobody seems to know who he is. We need to come here, and you need to minister to him. Goes to the hospital, opens the door, and stands there and looks in amazement. He recognized the old man. It was the old man in his vision. It was the old man in his vision. He had been in Panama for some 30-some-odd years, had a ministry. His time had come. The Lord was calling him home. And Dr. Edwards would take over that ministry. The unplowed ground was the work that still needed to be done in Panama. God's word that still needed to be shared. And Edwards continued to build on that man's foundation and continued to do what that man had started. God had called him through a vision. 
I don't know if I've ever had a vision in that type of sense. I don't know if I've ever been experienced that type of vision. I've had the Lord minister to me through visions that are just between me and he, but nothing like this. As far as dreams, I do dream. But when I wake up with a really crazy dream, I just think it's the pepperoni I had the night before. I haven't had what you would call a spiritual dream from the Lord. I would still hope I would have visions, but it says young men will have visions and old men will have dreams, so I guess I need to be looking for the dreams. I don't know. But I'm open. I believe that the Lord can speak to us through a dream. I believe he can speak to us through a vision. It says so in these scriptures. But I'm very thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit, whether he directs me through prophecy, whether he directs me through dreams, visions, arguments, internal feelings, illnesses, or any circumstances he chooses. The fact that he would even care enough for me to direct and guide me makes me stutter in awe that he would even look at me. Who's man? What is man that you're mindful of him? Why would you even look upon me and find favor in me? Who am I, Lord? Who am I? Who am I? My only prayer is that we would listen. We would listen when the Lord speaks to his Holy Spirit and we would move. We can't make the mistake of thinking that the Holy Spirit will only lead us in some magical, supernatural way. You know, when Barnabas and Paul were sent out, that was supernatural. When Peter had the vision, when Barnabas had the, when Paul had the vision, that was supernatural. But the Lord, the Spirit doesn't always work that way. We can't pigeonhole the Spirit of God. You can't say, well, I'm not moving until I get the vision. Good luck on that one. We can't say that God can only whack one way or one way or the other. You know, heard the old term, don't put God in a box. Don't tell us which way he can act and what he can't do. You have an entire word of God that tells you the different many, many facets of God and how he acts in people's lives. Don't pigeonhole him. Jesus could never be pigeonholed when he was healing. I love the fact of healing the blind man. One time he walks up and says, be healed. Next time he walks up and throws mud in the guy's eye. Next time he walks up and spits in the guy's eye. What do you think the apostles are doing? What? Is he crazy? You can't pigeonhole our God. You can't say he's only going to work this way. I don't read that at all in scriptures. God works in many ways. He's a multifaceted God. He works in ways that we don't even know of yet. We can't even imagine. Many times the Lord will cause circumstances to prevent us from doing something, things that we might be planning. It might just not be what the Lord wants for us. But we need to knock on doors until the Lord opens those doors. He's the helmsman. The rudder is the Holy Spirit. Now I'm the passenger just watching everything go by. I love that. I love that. It takes all the pressure off of me. It takes all the pressure off of me. I want to serve him with joy and with gladness. Look what happens. It says in verse 10, now after they had seen the vision, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia in concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. While we look to fulfill the dream and and we try to check out the vision, we are led by the Holy Spirit to knock on doors. And when we continue to knock, the Lord will eventually open one. The Lord opens doors that no man can close and he closes doors that no man can open. The Holy Spirit guides us in many, many, many different ways. But I read something that really makes a difference to me. Really makes a difference to me. Again, this is from John Corson. He says, quote, I've never had a vision that directed me, which is okay, because I am reminded of Jeremiah 23, verse 28, when the Lord says, the prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? 
He continues, I'm reminded that dreams are a chaff when compared to the wheat of God's word. Some people want to know God's will, but won't come to a Bible study. If I had to choose between the word of God and a vision, I'll take the word of God any time, any time. First and foremost, we must be students of God's word. We must allow God's word to talk to us directly and to be our guide. If we're in the word and seeking and asking for direction through prayer, I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit will guide us. Why? Once again, we have God's word on it. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word. The main thing to remember is as we seek the Lord through his word, as we continue to knock and see if the Lord is willing to do something that he placed upon our hearts, we must be ready to obey and make the move when he confirms it. The Lord can speak to us all he wants. He can even speak to us audibly if he chooses to. But if we don't make that move, it's all in vain. So don't be afraid, my brothers and sisters. Be of good courage. Don't be dismayed because the Lord, your God, is with you wheresoever you go. Let me end with this poem that I found. It's called The Will of God. Author is unknown. Listen to this. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you, where the arms of God cannot support you, where the riches of God cannot supply your needs, where the power of God cannot endow you. The will of God will never take you where the Spirit of God cannot work through you where the wisdom of God cannot teach you, where the army of God cannot protect you, where the hands of God cannot mold you. The will of God will never take you, where the love of God cannot enfold you, where the mercies of God cannot sustain you, where the peace of God cannot calm your fears, and where the authority of God cannot overrule you. And the will of God will never take you, where the comfort of God cannot dry your tears where the word of God cannot feed you, where the miracles of God cannot be done for you, and where the omnipresent God cannot find you. Are you listening today? Are you listening to that voice? Are you listening today that that voice says, this is what I have for you? I want to give you the desires of your heart. Open your lives to me and let me lead. Open your lives to me and let me guide. I have nothing but good thoughts for you. I have nothing but good wants for you. I want to treat you as my beloved child. I want to give you everything that your desires want. I want to give you the world. I want to give you everything. But most of all, I want to give you more of me. I want you to experience me on a level that you've never experienced me before. Are you ready for that? Is that the kind of relationship you want? Holy Spirit will guide you into that type of relationship. The Holy Spirit will move you into that type of time. Call out to God today. Call out to the Holy Spirit and be led of Him, please. And walk into a wonderful life. Jesus called it the abundant life. You are a sure You've been listening to Pastor Dave on A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave is working his way through the book of Acts. Did you know that the first martyr for Jesus was a great man of faith? His name was Stephen, and he was bold and courageous to proclaim the name of Jesus to others. He wasn't afraid to tell the truth, even when it cost him his life. What courage in the midst of opposition. 
Do you think you could do the same in this day and age? It's hard to stand up for Jesus when everyone around you is telling you you're intolerant, unloving, and just looking to put people down if you tell them they're doing something wrong. But what makes things right or wrong is firmly rooted in Scripture. It's God's Word that should direct morality, and Stephen was unafraid to go there. If you like this message and would like to catch up on any message you may have missed, head over to AsureHopeRadio.com. There you'll find many messages from the Book of Acts, as well as other series. If you find yourself in the Cape May, New Jersey area, stop in and see us. All the information you need is on our website, location, directions, and service times. And if you prefer to call, you can do that too. Our number is 609-884-5821. Once more, that's 609-884-5821. We'd be happy to answer any questions over the phone. Well, that's all we have time for today, but we've loved spending this time with you. We look forward to the next edition of A Sure Hope.